Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. Um, still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. T- distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. You, no, no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline. And deadline. Are you even listening to me right now? Hey folks, it's that time of year to be shooting your bow in preparation for the fast approaching opening day of archery season here in Pennsylvania. If you haven't been down to Williams Archery Pro Shop and Indoor Range yet, get off the couch and head down to Edinburgh, PA. They've been in business for 29 years and they specialize in bow tuning and hands-on shooting lessons. It's a family-owned bow dealership who offers Hoyt, PSE, Bear, Parker, and more. Don't forget your archery accessories and arrows when you stop in to see Ron and Linda Williams. Give the shop a call at 724-667-9660. And make sure you tell them you heard about Williams Archery on the Whitetail Distraction Podcast, and they will get you set up. Welcome to Episode 10 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and joining me today in the Rack Shack, Charles Hedlund. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. What's going on, my man? Oh, man. You know, just people are killing me on Instagram and Facebook, killing velvet bucks and bucks in general, and I'm just... Sixteen days, man. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, I'm on there watching videos of people putting down nice bucks down in Kentucky, and I'm thinking, ooh, I really want to go down to Kentucky. Like, I think it's gonna happen, and it gets me even more excited because every picture I look at, I scroll through there, I'm like, oh man, nice buck killing. I look and see what state is killed from, and I see Kentucky. I get all fired up. We should go next year. Do a little velvet fest. <sighs> I, you know what? I wouldn't mind doing it if it wasn't for the damn snakes and mosquitoes and hot weather. Yeah. I but I, I honestly would do it. You know, I mean, we're not doing anything else right now except for wishing it was hunting season. Well, just, there's hunting season somewhere. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Or we go to Nebraska. Or Nebraska. I've we'll all, or Montana. I've always wanted to. Well, you know, Montana's probably a little far for us. But it's I always Nebraska, but you can drive there in a day. I did always want to chase uh, velvet whitetail we'll have to see when 
their season. Because I think Kentucky comes in the first Saturday of September every year, and it just happened to be that it was September 1st this year, mm-hmm. which is really early. Well, I'm, dude, I'm clear your schedule. For it. We should do it. So, if anybody listening wants to go ahead and send us some money to fund our Kentucky trip next year, um, feel free. Yeah, I won't say no. <laughs> you can also come, but you have to buy for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just buy our tags and you can tag along. <laughs> we'll film you, you hunt. Right? see what you did there. <laughs> Pun intended. Pun intended. So, since the last recording, which was another fun episode with Angela, uh, what's been going on, my man? What's new? Nothing new in the deer woods for me, man. I've seen a couple decent bucks out. Seen a bunch of does, man, like going crazy. I'm going to have to fill some tags this year. But other than that, haven't really been out in the woods. I've been trying to stay out and just let the woods calm down and just be ready for opening day. Go in and put the smack down on something. Hopefully a doe at least, you know. Yeah, I've been staying out of the woods. Been pretty much keeping to the maps and uh, spotting at night. That's what I'm doing. I'm on Onyx like every day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, spotting a lot. I mean, we've been going out two or three times a week now, spotting a couple spots that we hunt. Thanks for the invite. We've been seeing a lot of deer. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. I'm usually sleeping. What else happened uh, over this week? I'm trying to point. I'm trying to get to something here. Why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners what happened? Yeah. All right. So we had our fourth annual Schweiz Taberfest. It's a giant beer fest of many, many countries and many people. I got my butt kicked again. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. There was 14 different countries this year, and we do we go all out. We dress up as your country, and you know it gets pretty and not heated, but fun. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of fun competition going around, and we play different beer drinking games. And you know, uh, Mike McCoy was on one of the earlier episodes, and he and I last year won the championship as Ireland, and. Ireland took it down again this year. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I believe I was saying that Ireland was the champions. Yeah. For the well, second year in a row. And it was a lot of fun. Not no, honestly, next year. Man, I take a lot of pride in winning this event. I'm sure. And you're trying to take it off me next year, but I'm going to go all out to win it again. I'm laying the freaking smack down, man. It's happening. Bring it on, Germany. Okay. Bring it on. Okay. My leader has don't lie. We're about to start World War Three up in here. Oh, boy. <laughs> World War Three of beers. Of beer. Of beers. Let's go. But other than that, yeah. No, definitely stay out of the wood people, woods, people. Um. It's too close to hunt season. It's killing me because I have a couple cameras out there that have been baking for a few weeks, and I want to get out there and check them, but I probably won't check them until I hunt the first time there. Yeah, all you're going to do is booger them up this time of year. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It, you're you're going to be hot and sweating, and you're just going to leave ground scent all over the place. And if you do have to go into the woods, make sure it's raining or it's going to rain. Just try and keep that scent down in any way, and only take one lane in, take that same lane back out. Just try and eliminate it as much as you can, but that's kind of in dire straits. That's that's only at the most. <laughs> yeah. We kind of got our, our hands stuck in our pockets here uh, this, what was it, yesterday. Went up to my camp because the well pump broke, and we were up there fixing that, and we had some time with my dad and my older brother Russ went to into Marionville to pick up a new pump for our well. And me and Joe, my younger brother, we went out because we come to find out that there are brand new posted signs all around the property that he had his stand on and his camera. So we went in to check the camera thinking, oh, no, what's going to happen? And sure enough, it was 
pry barred off the tree because we have them in bare boxes so we screw them into the trees someone pried it off the tree and the camera was gone so we went in i had onyx i figured out whose land it was figured out which camp it was and if, luckily they had a contact number on their door of their camp so we called them up they're like yeah somebody put it into a plastic bag and left it at the base of the tree I'm like that there's no way we would have missed that well, we went back in. There was a note on the tree that had been pinned to it, but the rain, it rained for like 50 plus hours here, and the rain washed away all the letters. So, there was a bunch of people up there in Labor Day, and that's when they did it. Yeah. They posted it all and did everything. So, we ended up finding the camera. It was in the woods, but it was like 20 yards away, and it just kind of stinks. Now, me and him had to do some real quick, like, in and out scouting because he had no spot to hunt for first day. Yeah. Well, you know? that's that's one of those situations like you have to get something found out mm-hmm. i mean and at least you got the camera back i mean that would have been a big bummer if you didn't get that back i hate when people mess with my cameras yeah that now they got to take their stands out of there and everything else you know it was a good spot for him he's killed quite a few deer out of that spot it, that, but I mean, it is what it is so it could be a positive i mean he's whenever we go up there that's the spot he hunts you know yeah. he doesn't really spread his wing there's thousands thousands of acres up there to hunt you know there's a lot of good other good spots that just need to be found you know and the more of us out there checking different areas to find good spots to hunt the better it is yeah. you know for learning a spot so. it's just a bummer because that was historically a very good spot for him so yeah yeah, yeah it was well sorry joey yeah <laughs> speaking of joey you can come hunt with me uh, <laughs> in one of my trees man <laughs> maybe you'll bring me some luck <laughs> he is the luckiest kid in the world I t- I t- is, if man. you want to kill a deer go sit near him yeah like climb up a tree 60 yards away from him the deer gonna only get to get a deer if if the deer walks past you that was gonna go to him. Mm. You know, I've done that multiple times. Me and him have doubled up countless times. Well, being sixty to eighty yards apart because that deer was walking to him and I just happened to get lucky. That's because he's a magnet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, enough jibber jabber. I guess we have Who someone in here. Who do we waiting. have in the rack shack today? We have my good friend and your friend. Mr. Jason Burks, the Birdman. What's up, buddy? Hi, guys. How we doing? We're doing great. You have a good radio voice. Thank you. I appreciate I it. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I'm listening to my voice, and then I hear his voice. I'm like, man, that's a good-looking man right there. Try my best. I do. <laughs> Not sure which wait, which voice is this. What do you mean? Which voice is this? This you're... is this is a regular voice. This isn't the uh, the deep country singing voice. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you give me that deep country singing voice? I'm not you? doing that for you right now. <laughs> oh, whatever. whatever. Maybe later. Maybe later. I'll do it for you. Well, we have you on because this is episode two of the new bow hunter mini series, mm-hmm. and you are a new bow hunter. I am. You I are. Am. How you feel about that? I'm pretty excited about it. You know, I spend a lot of time in the outdoors. I do a lot of fishing. Um, did rifle hunting and you know over the years i wanted to get into bow hunting i had a bow i shot a bow a lot uh never really got in the hunting aspect of it but you know i decided i got some time on my hands now and that'd be a good way to kill it i dig it good choice of words yeah kill some time killing deer hopefully uh, see right? what i did there i did <laughs> i did well why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself uh, for people that don't know you locally um just give yourself a little background what you do now uh maybe for a living and What's going on in the life of Mr. Birdman? All right, so I uh, I teach at Sharon Middle School, teach health and phys ed there. Um, I coach three sports, which is going to make hunting a little bit difficult, but I'll definitely find time to do it. Um, I do golf, I do basketball, and I do baseball in the spring. Um, but other than that, I mean, free time is killed with 
you know, hanging out with you guys and, you know, hopefully hunting this year. Sweet. I mean, <laughs> can't complain about that. If, if all my free time goes to hunting, I'm living a good life, and that's what I kind of plan on every year when I get into hunting season. <laughs> yeah, so I concur. I mean, I think about it for 10 months out, you know, as soon as it's over, it's like, damn, how long do I got to wait till I get to hunt again with my bow? Mm. <sighs> I mean, I guess you could do other stuff. We can go bow fishing. I want to get into that. Verletta, give me my other bow back, man. I want to turn it into a bow fishing rig. <laughs> That's the thing. I, I I have an old bow. I'll set that up for bow fishing, turn the poundage way down, and just try to crush some carp. Yeah, I'm down for it. I think a buddy of mine actually has a pontoon boat. What about you, kid? You want to do some yeah. bow fishing? I'll absolutely do some bow fishing. Yeah, it's, it's like the best of both worlds for you. Yeah. It is. It's my two favorite things, mixed into one. Yeah. It's wonderful. It is. <laughs> I'm down for it. Well, man let's think so your teacher you call yourself a teacher you said phys ed and all this fancy stuff but really he's just a gym teacher don't let him fool you i do health I, too i do health you do health <laughs> you do health okay i have one quick question for you just, just real quick i it's just on the top of my mind it, when you said gym teacher it just like came to me when you're teaching gym class are you thinking about hunting are you distracted oh i'm so distracted <laughs> i i mean my um my prep and my lunch period's taken up by watching my man Cam Haynes, you know, on YouTube. Shout out to Cam Haynes. You know, if you ever want to come on the show, I'll hook you up. But, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time watching videos, you know, teaching myself uh, different tactics, a lot of research. But, you know, that's outside of teaching. With tests I should be grading and points I should be putting in my grade book, uh, it's more or less taken of different archery videos and different articles that I read and stuff like that. In the White Tail Destruction podcast. Oh, let's I, go. I watch that too. That's right. I listen to that. Let's go. That's right. You can actually find us on YouTube now too, but you're still listening to us. Yeah. That's true. But we are on YouTube now. We are. It's very exciting. It's a horrible video because it isn't even a video. It's, it's just not audio. Video. It's literally just audio. That's Sooner okay. or later on. We have a perfect opening in the rafters right there. We're going to hang up a little camera, I think, and start. I'm just starting hanging up the GoPro, dude. Yeah. Start video yeah. in the podcast. Hang up the GoPro put right the there. audio with the video. It'll be good. We'll do that. I should do that. We're going to do that. Yeah. Thanks, Bird. You the man. That's you what the I'm man. here for. That way you have something to watch and listen to at the same time. What? Some, what? It's my other two favorite things. That's right. Double distracted. <laughs> Distraction. We're going to get into your tactics. We're going to get into all that stuff because you're doing uh, you're doing a lot of bonus work that people don't usually do as new hunters. But let's jump back. Let's uh, let's go all the way back to how you kind of got started in the outdoors. If there was somebody that you want to you know bring up that maybe started you in the outdoors or how that became, and it doesn't have to be hunting. It can be fishing, whatever you know, whatever kind of got that passion of being out there in the woods. You know, growing up. We, we grew up in Union, and we had a lot of outdoorsmen in our school, mm-hmm. um, and it got amplified. I went to Pitt Bradford, so I was way up north. Uh, it's God's country. So basically, you went to school, and I studied, air quotes, studied, um, fished, and played baseball, and that was that was it. And then I had a buddy got me into a little bit of archery hunting. I went out two or three times. So I've been out there, but you know it was in his stands. I never put in the work uh, that needs to be put in. So I've taken the bow out, but I've never, you know, other than sitting there for a few hours, I've never really done much more than take it out and sleep for the most part. <laughs> Get good naps in the tree stand. <laughs> Are you wearing a safety harness? I'm absolutely wearing a safety harness. Man. I'm not afraid of heights, but, um, you know, up on that little platform, I want to make sure that I'm secure. Yeah. For sure. Good man. 
Especially if you get the shakes. Get the shakes. I don't want to be... I don't want to be falling out of my tree stand. <laughs> oh, yeah. You get the crazy legs? I get the crazy legs so bad. Well, we'll find out this year, hopefully. Let's go. Yeah? Yeah, because you've seen deer, but you haven't seen them in range. I've never seen them in range. I mean, they've been... Um, they've been I mean, obviously, I've, I've got a couple with rifle, a couple doe rifle, but uh, never with my bow. You know, you get them in the... I've seen them 60, 70, 80 yards out, but, again, not comfortable with that shot. But 20, right. 30 yards, I'm going to assume I'm going to get the... I'm going to get the crazy leg. There you go. Oh, boy. <laughs> you still get nervous even when they're 70, 80 yards out a little bit. Oh, yeah. But you don't get the crazy legs till they start really closing in on you. When you see them coming in from a distance and it takes them forever, Just it makes it, everything so much worse, especially yeah. if it's a buck. I like a buck to kind of just surprise me, like, oh, all of a sudden he's there. I don't want to see him coming from so long away. It's just going to drive me nuts. That's kind of like, I uh, hate to do this. I would always do it. You know, the Hunting Public's Deer Tour video came out today. That buck just took forever to come in. It did, too. And I'm watching it get nervous. Like, dude, is this going to close the distance in time? Like, it's getting darker and darker. You got it. I lost my mind. Yeah. But something like that. Think about that. Like, a deer that size. That's a pretty yeah, good deer you got. it was got. a good deer. And it's coming in. That deer probably took, I don't even know how long, 25 minutes to get in. Yeah, probably. Woo, eh, probably boy. not that long. Yeah, well, it felt like that long. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. I'll tell you, one of the first bucks I've seen up close is we went on a canoe trip a couple weeks ago up charles's camp and um i was driving a truck and a couple of them came to the side of the road that's about as close as i've been 20 yards maybe off the side of the road maybe 15 damn they were close they that were nice eight close. point was like literally maybe 12 yards off the side of the road that's exciting right oh dude i dude. was pumped i was pumped Full when i saw velvet, it mm. big wide eight point and he just like literally we're on the right side of the road he went across the road on the left berm stopped and like looked back at us with this trophy pose and we were just like Damn. I like that. Was he a shooter? Oh, yeah. Oh, all, day, all day long. Yeah, I like that. All day long. Nice eight point. I dig that. The velvet always makes him look bigger, but he was a good buck. It does. And you know what? They do lose a lot of mass when they shed their velvet, but, you know. He had the width. He had the yeah. height. He had it going on. That was a nice buck, but yeah. It's yeah. a good point. Well, back to you sleeping in the tree stand <laughs> and wearing your safety harness. Are you planning on hunting out of a tree stand this year? I am. I have a ladder stand set up. Um, again, what you guys called... It's not at your spot, but somewhere close to the tip of uh, where New York and West Virginia meet, somewhere in that area. It's right there. So many people have stands up there, man. It's this is a very populated area. Okay, <laughs> it's heavy pressure. Is it right on the tip, PA. right on the Panhandle? <laughs> it's somewhere close to the Panhandle. I think it's a little bit off, but not. It's like not right south. on the tip. Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit south. I got you. It's a good spot. Sounds I like helped it. him put the stand up. He did. Of course, he did. I did. You're helping everybody this year. I know. I know. It's so good. We've, we've been having fun, though. I'm not going to say no to free help, man. Yeah. You want to come scouting with me and hang stands? I just like getting in the woods. It. it beats the hell out of work. And I do, too. Doing whatever else that You know when it do. starts to bug me? When I'm, like, walking out of the woods and I have, like, six or seven ticks on me? Yeah. Then I start getting bugged by it a little bit. Ticks don't bother me. I hate them. They don't bother me. It's the mosquitoes that will lift you away. That, will, that, that gets to me. Like, when they just buzz on you and buzz on you and your ears just start to, like, kind of ring. I get, like jitters inside me with anger and <laughs> frustration because they just they don't leave you alone and up the camp there's gnats right now you can't walk through the woods without clear safety glasses on because they just dive bomb your head yeah fly right in your eye yeah they uh -huh. literally just go right in your eyes so whenever you block your eyes they'll start flying into your nose and ears it's bad man <laughs> that's the best i'm just waiting for it to cool down and just be hunting season already yeah and if it's not going to cool down i'm going to get thermosel I'm going to get a thermosel regardless. 
It's true. Because it's, it's, it's a must, and I don't know why I don't have one. I literally <laughs> say I'm going to get one every year, and then I suffer through early season, I suffer through turkey season, I suffer through scouting, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a thermosel, and I never... Yeah, suffering through podcasting. There's a mosquito buzzing your head right now. Well, you are slacking. You're supposed to get one of them screens for the door. Oh, yeah. Well... It's Oops. okay. I'll go get one. I'm unemployed. You got new lights. <laughs> yeah. no. You got new lights. I'm going to get the screen for the door. Back to tree stands. Sorry. <laughs> Are you planning on using a climber or anything this year? Are you going to try and be mobile at all? I do have a, gonna... I, I did buy a climber from, like Charles said, the the other uh, champion of, what's it called, Choi Stoberfest? That's right. That is correct. Yeah, I bought a, I bought, I just want to throw that dig in there real fast. Yeah, uh, I, I bought a, um, a climber off of Mike. Um, we put a ladder stand up on that property we were talking about, and uh, I think I'm mainly going to hunt out of, out of the ladder. Yeah. Um, I might mess around with the climber a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. being that first year hunter, getting into it seriously. Um, I want to take the time to, you know, I might spook some deer. I'm, I might do that, but I want to, you know, be able to see spots, stuff like that, and know, know how to get up and down with these. So yeah. if I do go to a spot where I know there's deer, you know, I know what I'm doing. That's how you learn, man. The Going most, in and spooking deer and everything yeah. else. I mean, I think the most important part with a climber is knowing your trees and knowing what trees are good to climb. Because not every straight tree is climbable. You know, there's a lot of hard bark trees or anything with shaggy bark on it. You want to avoid shag bark, hickory. Stay are the loudest away. trees in the world. Don't climb them. Don't. But you'll get in. You'll you'll get that kind of knowledge as you go along. Man, just get your beer already, okay? You're distracting the whole podcast. I'm sorry, I couldn't get it out. <laughs> so I do want stuck in the bottom of the cooler. I do want to throw this out there. We talked about the, uh, we talked about, you know, the, the closest I've ever been to a deer, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Uh, my mentor, I'm not gonna say names, but uh, we put my ladder stand up in that spot and. My mentor, not going to say names. Wasn't his name Austin? I think that might have been it. <laughs> I don't think you're so. close. <laughs> Climbed up the tree stand, you know, get a look, see the shooting lane, stuff like that. So if we need to cut anything down, and what would you say, 50, 60 yards away, there was one snorting at us. Well, me, him, and Mike were, were putting that tree stand up. So that was the first time I've had one close enough to like hear that. And, you know, that got me real excited about that spot. And, you know, it was really neat to experience something new like that and hopefully from hearing that when i'm there if i hear it you know i'll I'll know what's i know what it is remember that noise man that is the worst noise you can ever hear i've had them scare me before oh yeah because you don't know they're there and they'll be 20 30 yards downwind and some thick stuff and all of a sudden they blow at you and it's like whoa what was that but he he, we did we put up the tree stand i climbed up in it and she must have caught movement when i was climbing up into the stand and the way the stand's kind of set up, there's like a big hillside where the stand's facing that goes up, and it kind of layers up. And up in the top of the hill, she was coming right down to a stand. Yeah. Was a doe. And I wasn't really paying any attention, but when I heard her snort, I kind of got shocked, and I looked up, and I could see her. But they're down at the ground. He doesn't know what it is. Yeah. And Mike is kind of, he, he knows, but he wasn't sure what it was. It's a chupacabra. Yeah. Well, what Mike did, Mike looks at me. So Charles is getting up in the stand. Mike looks at me and goes, do you hear that? Do you hear that? I'm like, yeah, I heard that. He goes, it's over there. And he starts pointing the complete opposite direction <laughs> of where it's coming. So there's me. I'm hunkered down behind a tree, and I'm peering around the tree like, oh, where's this thing at? And I look up, and Charles is staring right over that hillside. 
he's pointing like you know very slowly like it's over there so you know yeah. that was she was that, like that 50 was 60 yards away she didn't know we were there she just maybe caught a little movement because she actually walked towards us a little bit yeah started snorting and stomping her leg and then she walked to the side and back and forth and then she eventually just worked her way off she didn't run off or she anything. definitely didn't know what you guys were then no she was trying we to had the wind out. we yeah. had the wind right in our face you know and she was you know like i said 60 yards up this hill and there's no way with the evening dropping in our thermals were pulling down the hill there's no way in hell she would have smelled us yeah so she was just trying to figure out what the heck we were doing i wish i could just really make that noise really good the next time <laughs> one blows at me i'm just gonna blow back at him <laughs> i've done it before <laughs> i've gotten blower wars with deer before i want to real bad man just when i didn't i don't i either didn't have a doe tag or something i would i was blowing back at her whenever she blew at me i'd blow at her and she'd <laughs> blow at me and I'd blow at her Oh, you know what? Also, I didn't. I don't think I told you this, but I sent you the video. We were up our camp yesterday, and we're working on the well pump, and the two dogs are going crazy barking. And I look over, and you can't see the dogs because of the way the truck's parked. You can see they're both at like the end of their leash. So I look back behind us, and there's a doe, yearling doe, like 20 yards away from us just staring at us. Yeah. She stood there and fed on acorns. We're talking, we're walking around, we're all pulling our phones out, re- recording her. She didn't care. I mean, that deer, that is natural selection at its finest. That deer not afraid of humans. I'm sorry, little lady, but you got 16 days, and then you're no longer safe. You got 16 days to run and hide. She gave us about 36 opportunities at about a 20-yard broadside shot. And we already agreed, we won't shoot her in the yard. <laughs> Just... You know what? But let if she comes by around. the stand in the woods, let her stay around. But she's she still going to Estrus. She'll just bring something dude, real she nice. She was like forty pounds, oh, tiny, tiny little deer, super thin, stupid as all hell. Well, but it was cool. Like you said, it's cool to experience that when deer get cool close and stuff. Because she it. was, she was snorting and stuff at the dogs. The dogs were barking her, so she was snorting at them, and she'd run off a little bit, and then she'd come back and feed. She was there for I don't even know how long, but we're gonna sorry. have a crazy year acorns, by the way. White oak acorns right now are going off, and I'm just thinking of all the spots first week that I will be on acorn patches because they are dropping like crazy. You got to find the right acorn patches because there's so many of them. You got to find where they're feeding on them. Go. You got to find the white oaks. That's yeah. the thing. Oh yeah, no red oaks. This Not time the red oaks. They're too acidic. Yep, the white oaks, and they're almost green. Even the acorns are like green looking, but they are killing them. Yeah, that deer was on them. We've been scouting. Acorn patches that we've been scouting are just tore up with feeding sign right now. That's good. That's good. Okay. Remember yeah. those spots because those are the spots you want. I know already I got a couple spots, this little acorn flat that I want to hunt that I usually see a lot of deer. Take this guy to him. Early in the season. He's not allowed there. Doe right off the bat. No, this is a buck spot right off the well, bat. Well, I got a doe spot. I'll take you to right off the bat. <laughs> That's why you're my mentor. I'm just saying. <laughs> I want to get you like smoking one like the no, first week. Uh, we, That'd will. Be... we will. We will. And He's I, in a good spot. I am. I do have a very... And the He's nice in thing... a good spot. You that talked about that There's doe. an apple tree there? Ooh, oh, yeah. I like apples there every is. season, man. You talked about that doe being around people and whatnot. The nice thing is, is that spot's in my uncle's... Uh, kind of in his backyard, little down in the woods, obviously. But, uh, like, they're always back there. Yeah. So those, those deer are so used to being around people that I'm hoping that, you know, again, as the first-year hunter, maybe the little mistake that you can't make at a different spot... Maybe it's not as obvious. Right. I mean, that's kind of what I'm hoping for a little bit. It could be, but you never know. 
No, I, I agree. I think you can definitely pressure deer a little better around here than you can, like, say, up in Allegheny National Forest where they don't see people Suburban ever. Suburban deer. Like, backyard yeah. bucks and stuff, man. They're, they're used to hearing people. They're used to seeing people, smelling people. That's, like, all the advantages. Yeah. Well, I think that goes into also your scent control because I, I know you're getting into some scent control and stuff. And, uh, you know, why don't you talk about what you've purchased so far, being this is your real first year getting into hunting. All right. So um, I used to work with walmart gear not that it's a bad thing good for rifle but you know i've upgraded a little bit for bow season um i got a scent lock suit sweet um i got my scent lock underlayers my base layers um scent lock gloves scent lock beanie i heard it's a great thing my mentor told me that <laughs> you weirdos <laughs> i love this kid <laughs> he's totally on my side you know what he's coming to all the other ep- rest of the episodes from here on out he's gonna come sit right by my side but the other thing I, I am working with is I bought a, uh, it was a dead down wind package they had at Cabela's. Used my Cabela's points, obviously. And, uh, you know, it came with everything I needed. It came with the detergent needed for the scent control. Nice. Um, it came with the field spray, uh, body wash, deodorant, lip balm, and uh, face paint. Balm. It did. It came with lip balm. <laughs> How much did you pay for that? Do you remember? I believe it was like around $40. Oh, I hope Ooh. you didn't pay that much. I think it was around like $35, $40. He got it with his points. It was free. Yeah, but I was just at Communistville. Dick's Sporting's good. And uh, they had it on sale for $15, that same pack. Well, but I didn't buy it because they're communist. So well, there you go. See, well, I, I spent my money wisely and gave, yes, it to you did. A, gave it to a solid company. I'm not, I'm not going broke, but I ain't getting rich, so I might as well spend it <laughs> while I have it. I like it. I like it. Honestly, though. Good for you for getting the package. Good for you yeah. for wanting to have a scent control regiment. You know, as long as you have time. If you don't have time, it, it's not the end of the world. Time. But if you have time, time, take a shower before you go out. Before the season, make sure you get your clothes washed. Get them in scent-free totes, man. You know, just, just try and take that extra effort and really develop a scent control regiment. And it will pay off, I'm telling you. I mean, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the hunting I'm going to do is going to be coming from school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a couple hours at the end of the at the end of the day. So a lot of it's just going to be, you know, I'm going to have my clothes washed and scent control detergent. Obviously, not going to be able to use a body wash. Bro, I'm you're take a gym teacher. Take a shower at school. I, That's true. I could. Could you do that? I could, but I want to make sure I get to my spot in enough time. As part of my problem, but I yeah. I could take one at school. I'll, I'll tell you what. Scent five control, minutes. All you need. Yeah. Scent control showers are quick. What what you really need instead of bar soap, get rid of that. Go get you some and get like a loofah, and that's it goes so much quicker. Like loofahs you just, hold bacteria. Well, I like We're trying to get loofah. rid of bacteria. Yeah, bacteria but doesn't the soap get rid of bacteria? That's what it's yeah, meant to do. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. All right. Know what I'm saying? All right. Anyways, like I'm saying, but <laughs> the uh, the I think the ideal thing I'm I'm going to do because I want to get to my spot and I want to get as many hours as I possibly can clock in the tree stand. Um, I do have rubber boots which I feel is very important. And uh, I'm going to use a lot of the field spray mm-hmm. to try to take as much scent away as I possibly can. Make sure you spray your boots and dry them first. Right. With that spray. Because that it really works the best when it's dry. I always spray down before I go in like everybody else does, but it, it really works when you spray it down and let it dry first. Yeah. Like oh. you have a truck, right? I do have a truck. All right, so at school, spray them down, throw them in the back of your truck, and drive to your stand. They'll be dry by the time you get there. Good to go. Just keep them like don't put your boots in like your back seat or something where they're going to get real hot and right because right. it'll deteriorate the rubber eventually mm-hmm. will deteriorate. 
I, I made that mistake. My boots only last me three or four years. Yeah. And I was now they're watching like, you walk the other day, and I could just shredded. see a giant crack opening up when you were walking. It like Yeah, those are my old boys. I don't even know. Probably five, six years old, those boots are. Yeah. Loved them to death. And then when they started springing leaks, man, that's... I just... Well, what happened was I'd get them all muddy, like caked in mud. I'd set them outside my house. Yeah. They'd sit in the sun all day, you know? And next thing you know, they'd start cracking and drying out. They definitely leak. <laughs> Yeah, they're not. They're definitely no good anymore. But I got a new pair of lacrosse boots the other day. I know. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I have, have Scentlock socks too. That's the other thing. Oh yeah, I, I splurged on those. Dude, I love a pair of merinos. I'm wearing merino socks right now. I love them. They're anti-microbial, just naturally merino. Yeah, wool. merino wool. It basically uh, helps dry your feet, keep your feet drier, uh, which therefore keeps your feet warmer. But yeah, look at those bad boys. Oh, those are super decent. Yeah, they're so they're so comfy. I dude. bought I bought a couple pairs the other day. Dude, Crocs and socks with merino. Oh, oh my god, no, that shit no. I will not promote Crocs and socks on this podcast. I am just saying, I'm not a Croc fan. Won't do it. Wear a I pair of merino socks and put on a pair of Crocs, and you will sell my clothes. I'm going to heaven. I'll just go like Dual Survivor, where he just wears merino wool socks in the winter and no shoes. Had like three layers of one. Well, <laughs> it was badass, but he's an idiot. We're so. getting so off topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you buy a new bow this year? Or did you have a bow? No, I had a bow. I have a uh, Hoyt Tricon. Decent bow. It's a good bow. Yeah. Well, you know, it's gonna be a good starter bow. I bought Absolutely. it when I was a sophomore in college. So Sweet. it's got to be what eight years to nine years old now bro my boat's 10 it. years old man it still gets the job done there's nothing it, wrong with that hey if it shoots it kills right certainly but uh it does weigh about 400 pounds you know i i do like my hoyt bows but it's 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 a heavy bow well you haven't shot a matthews yet i've <laughs> not shot a matthews yet but i'm still still a hoyt fan right now yeah leave him alone hoyt's fine <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's a Hoyt fan. Yeah, wait, oh, you leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> How many pounds are you shooting? Uh, I believe it's at close to 69, about 58. Okay, um, that's I, plenty. Yeah, I didn't want to turn it up too high because, again, you get to shake stuff like that. I want to make sure I'm able to yeah. hold it full draw for as long as I need to. Yeah. Um, obviously, can't hold it for a minute or so, but, you know, 30 seconds if i got to hold back for that, even if that's even a lot. But, um if I get the shakes, I want to make sure I can pull it back and hold it yep. for what I need. Yeah, yeah, plus if you have a lot of clothing on or something. Absolutely. You know, late season. Yeah, you got to make sure that you're able to pull that bow back. Because when it gets cold, man, that bow just, I, I bet your poundage feels like it goes up like five pounds. It does. It oh, does. Especially like, if your arms get cold. Dude, you're going to struggle to get it back. <laughs> I don't care if you're shooting 50 pounds. It's, it's like tough. It's tough. It's tough. You got to pull back, and you're like, oh, boy, I don't yeah. know if I'm going to make it. Because then you're trying to pull back slow so the yeah. deer don't see you. Good luck. And I know, uh, I know you've been shooting a lot lately. Have you been shooting with your clothes on at all? Or your hat or your face mask, all that? I, tr- I don't wear a face. I won't wear a face mask. I'm not a big fan. You going to paint your face? I'm going to paint my face. That a boy. I'm probably going to go Braveheart style. I'm his mentor. Can you not tell? <laughs> I'm probably going to go Braveheart style. Bro, you need to come hang out with me a little bit more. <laughs> no way. Paint, face paint. But I go. will. Um, You're not going blue Braveheart style. No, we're going to go probably green and brown. We're going to mix it up a little bit. I'm just checking because deer see blue. I know. But we're going to go a little green and brown, I think. Okay. And gray um, early season. Well, let's think. I usually go mostly green early season. A lot of leaves on the trees and stuff. I usually go mostly face mask. 
<laughs> I'm gonna go full beard this year. Yeah, I'm good. And I'm beard. still gonna. I see that it's looking good, man. It looks like hell, but it it's cool. No, it looks a lot better than mine. I've been growing mine since June first. I get the Joe Dirt, and like I can't grow a beard. I can't either. Yeah. This is like the first okay looking beard I've had. It looks good, and it does. It yeah. really does. Tell my wife. I will. <laughs> <laughs> text her right now. Yeah. Go ahead and talk about something hunting related. But no, I am not going. I won't go face mask, but I have been shooting. Um, oh, you'll go face mask when it gets cold out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, neck warmer. But okay. again, but again neck warmer. I went to school in Bradford. So cold and me and cold are friends. We get along. So I don't get too cold too easily. Um, I have been shooting in my white tail distraction podcast hat when I do shoot. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Who hasn't? <laughs> Only the coolest. If you haven't got a White Tail Distraction podcast hat, please order one. If not, uh, just wear a regular hat. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's We necessity. got new hats coming out. We got the camo hats coming out. We do have new hats them coming out. We also have an announcement at the end of this podcast. Ooh. Yeah, we do have an announcement. So, um, I have not shot in my scent lock beanie, but I... You know, I'm assuming that it's, it's pretty much the same because I always wear my hat backwards. So, um, I, I do shoot my hat backwards. So, I will be wearing a scent lock beanie. I will not be wearing a face mask. And I will be painting my face. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so, and all in all... Yeah, I think you you do. This podcast is falling apart. (laughs) (laughs) You're preparing well for the season, but what are your expectations for the season? You know, like I said a little bit earlier, um, my expectation is to get out of there as much as I can, clock as much time in a tree stand, um, learn from my mistakes, but also learn, uh, you know, different tactics. Having a mobile stand, I might, you know, use that a couple times, get out of the one spot, maybe go to a different spot that I have, and... um, you know, make sure that, you know, in years to come, when I need it, I know how to use it. So this is more of a, what I feel is more of a learning year for me, as much as I would like to harvest a few deer, I'm going to try my best to do that. But I think it's more of a learning experience. And I'd like to make sure that, you know, like I said, I learn from my mistakes. There could be, there could be something that comes up that like, you know, why did that happen? Obviously, I go to my mentor and it gets explained to me why that happened. <laughs> That's right. That's what we're here for. By the way, my mentor is and will always be Russ Hedlund. <laughs> You're an ass. <laughs> but that's a good mentor to have. That is a good. Wait, wait, wait which one? Both. Oh, oh good point. Yeah. Didn't okay. Think of that. Well, that was a nice thing about the, you know, you getting stuff like that. You know, me and Charles have been friends for years. Now I uh, get to shooting with him. Then you get stories from the whole bunch. So you get to learn from a little bit. You get a little bit from everybody, and it's it's all accurate information. And you know, I think it's going to help me in the long run. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Honestly, I meant to tell you earlier too. Early in the season, when it's going to be warm, scent's going to be a bigger issue. I would suggest taking that extra ten to fifteen minutes to make sure you get that shower in, because you don't have to be in there super early. This this time of year, typically deer move in that last hour to half hour. Of right. daylight right so you know i mean if you're going to get in two three hours early uh you know it's better to have that scent control as as good as you can you know ahead of time so if you can 
I would suggest what I used to do when I was in school. We would get our scent-free shower in the morning. Of course, it probably didn't help any because all day long you're picking up scent. But I felt like it was better than nothing. I don't know. Probably not. Huh? Probably not. But I, I would just, if you can, get the shower in. Uh, you know, before you head out, it's almost on your way to the stand. You pass your house. You go real quick, jump in, get a real fast shower. You know. Just throw your base layers in, jump in the truck, and yep. drive out, and then put the rest of your clothes on. I also have a couple tips for you. When you walk into the stand, lose the hat. Number one, you walk in with a hat on, it's holding in all that heat, dude, and you're just going to sweat up. Lose that. Also, <laughs> I don't care how dumb you look, walk in in your base layers. Or as little amount of or clothing as, as you can. Or as little amount of clothing as you can. People put on all their stuff, and then they throw their stand on their back, and they walk in, and they wonder why they're so hot. Dude... I have I've walked past people in the tree and they're just staring at me like I'm a weirdo because I'm walking <laughs> in and like I've walked in with base layer bottoms and like a t shirt that's on. That's what I do. You look so weird, but you know what? You stay yeah. a hell of a lot cooler. Yeah. And then I get to the base of the tree and I pull out one of them scent free wipes and dude I take one of those little scent free wipe showers and it just like it's instantly cooling. It makes you feel a lot better. About you feel yourself so too. much better. You feel like you're at least doing something good with your scent. Yeah. Right. But I agree, you got to have scent control, and I think you're on the right track there. Um, and you got good ex- expectations for this year. I think you're on the right path, you know. You, you want to learn as much as possible, but I also want to see you harvest at least one deer this year. I think that should be the goal. Um, do you have any of your own goals for this season? I, I mean, I think that's the main goal. I'd like to get at least your first one deer. Kill. I'd like to get my first bow kill. You know, if I can get multiples, that's fantastic. But, uh, no, that's pretty much my expectation is to just – learn my learning year um hopefully harvest something and uh you know put a little meat on the table you know here in the months to come Nothing yeah wrong with that, man. we'll get you mobile too we'll get you going you yeah. know i don't want you i don't want to see you sitting in the same stand all year long because those deer are eventually going to figure it out and they're going to start skirting you about 50 60 yards i just want and that's all you might have to move is 30 yards right you know in your climber or move your ladder stand we can do that throughout the year yeah. you know you just keep me informed of what you're seeing Right. You know, and we'll jump around all over that property and keep you mobile. Mobile being the key word, you know, as much as we can. But I, there's plenty of room in that, that woods there. If, if something starts, like right now you're set up over an apple tree, which is going to be great early season. But when those apples dry up, you know, those deer might start taking a complete, total different path. Maybe they're going to start they hitting will. the acorns like we're talking about. Right. So we might have to move you to find a good acorn source. Yep. You know, so we'll do that. We'll get you moving around, though. Don't be afraid to call me, too, dude. I mean, you call me, I'll take you out. We'll do a couple running gun sets, man. I'll show you what it's all about. I'll just bring in an extra stand. You carry it. I'll hang the set, and you just hop up in there with me, man. I mean, you got to tap me with a good time. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We'll get you out a few different places. Try to get you some deer. Try to get you some deers. Now, I do have one question. I asked Andrew with this the last episode. Are you planning on taking a backpack? I am. Or a fanny pack? I'm probably not going to do the fanny pack. Okay. As cool as I would look walking into my base layers and a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> See, I'm telling you, you look like a PIMP, man. And a tie-dye fanny pack. <laughs> but I, I, I am going to take a backpack. Okay. Um, and your next question is going to be what's going to be in that backpack. Correct. Why? Because I listen to the podcast. But <laughs> You're such a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> and a scholar. <laughs> but obviously, um, you know, one of the things being – my profession, my profession, health and phys ed is, you know, I tell my kids all the time, you got to stay hydrated. Oh, so beautiful I'm thing. going to take water with me. That's that's going to be a big, big thing. You know, take a couple, um, I don't know what I want to take it in yet. 
I don't necessarily want to take a water bottle. Get a Nalgene bottle. Get a Nalgene bottle? Yep. Or I might buy a nice Camelback or something like that and, and take that with Camelback, you'll me. forget that it's in there, the water, and then it just gets gross. I tried that a couple Ugh. years and it's just, it, no bueno. Oh, I mean. There's no going back from that. What yeah. was that, an Algene bottle? An Algene bottle? Yeah. Oh, I'll send you a link. Okay, decent. Yeah. So I'll get something like that. Uh, Got to take water with me. You know, snack-wise, probably not too much of anything like that. We love hearing about tree stand snacks. <laughs> I'm not sure how many tree stand snacks I'm going to take. I'm going to have to talk to a couple people about what is good and what is not good. Talk to my homie, little Debbie. <laughs> she will not steer you wrong, I'm I, telling you. I could take a couple strawberry shortcakes with me. Let's I think go. I might do that. Um, Ho-hos for days. <laughs> zebra cakes if I can find them. But uh, I'll take that. Um, and obviously, one of the, the hunter's code is, you know, you... You don't dress to excess, so I'll take some excess clothes with me, stuff like that. If I get cold, you know, I'll have a jacket I can put on, but I don't want to go in there with too much on. Again, scent control, but um, I am going to take some extra clothes. Uh, you know, there's a good chance that I might walk in, like you said, to the tree stand and something completely different than what I'm getting in the tree stand in. Yep. So that'll be in there. Um, you know, some different uh, paracord ropes just in case I need them for something. Some different hangers, but other than that, you know, that's pretty much what's going to be in my in my book bag. There you go. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. You don't want to take too much no. in the stand. That's why I've been asking you guys what what you're taking because being a new hunter, you might think that you need this and you need this and you need this, and you end up carrying a backpack that's 20 pounds for some for some reason. Like there are the essentials. Like you probably should take a bottle of water. You probably should take a snack or something like that. And, Bringing a backpack for your extra layers is, is really smart. Well, I, I mean, know, like, I, I think if you're, like you said, you made a good point there. You might be wearing something totally different than what you're going to wear in the stand. And right. I've done that before, too. You know, when I know I'm going to sweat and stuff, I'll wear a regular T-shirt, you know, maybe a pair of shorts or, you know, my base layers if I don't want to put the base layers on by the stand. But it's nice when you have those rubber boots. They slide on and off real easy. So you can just bust them off. I would suggest, though, if you're going to do that, bring maybe a plastic bag or something that you can put those clothes in because they're going to be stinky and sweaty. You don't want to get all that stink and sweat in your bag all over everything else in your bag. You know, you're just going to stink everything else up. So maybe bring like a big gallon plastic bag or Ziploc bag or something that you can stick those clothes in yep. and then change at the stand after you spray down and get some field wipes too. Those are nice. Like you mentioned. I love them wipes, man. They're great. But no, they that's... are not good for going number two in the ride. <laughs> They're a nice finishing wipe. <laughs> no, dude, I'm telling you. I actually, I think it was like episode six or something. I said I was going to tell a story, and I just remembered that I said that. <laughs> dude, last year during the ride, it was the last day of season. It was freezing outside. And I drank my coffee in the morning, and I just hung the stands, and I was up there. I had Anthony with me. <laughs> I was like, man, I got I to gotta get down. I got to go. And he was like, whatever, and I grabbed my wipes and I went down. Dude, I'm so glad I checked them before I went because they were frozen solid. Oh, no. I had to climb back up the tree and be like, bro, you need toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, he did, and everything, all was well. But You know what I found that someone gave me years ago, and I found them in my bag the one time when I was in dire need. They were like these little roll-up, like, hand towels and what you did is you got them wet and they expanded I've into this those. really nice hand towel they're like pellets they're little pellets they're yeah. like tiny little like pills almost those things are awesome they're legit 
They are absolutely awesome, especially if you need to wipe with something. Yeah. They are bomb. Yeah. But the problem is you got to find water. I remember one time finding, like, water in a leaf. And I'm, like, <laughs> dipping it in. They're like, come on, expand. <laughs> oh, I just thought of another thing. Get yourself a good headlamp. I yeah. do have a good headlamp. Good. Because okay. I do I do, do a lot of walleye fishing, a lot of steelhead. Oh, He's a fisherman. There you I go. Am, I'm going to turn into a hunter, though. So we're going we're gonna to get there. I like it. Yeah, I don't even like to fish anymore. I do, man. Noticed. I only went once this year. I'm so disappointed in myself. Oh, we're going to change that, brother. It's not that I don't like the fish. I don't know. I lose the passion for it whenever I'm thinking about deer. Deer season just kills everything. It kills all my fun in life. <laughs> it is all my fun in That's life. That's what I'm <laughs> saying, but right now I can't hunt. No. So all my other fun is wayside. You could I'm just be thinking about right hunting. You know what? <laughs> I almost thought about going out this Saturday down in 2B because 2B comes about. in. And then I realized my anniversary is on Monday, and Saturday is like our day we're going to hang out and yeah. do everything. And I was like, okay, I'm not going hunting Saturday because I'll get killed yeah. by my wife. I almost did a podcast on my anniversary this year. It almost oh, went yeah. bad. That's yeah, right. I had to switch. <laughs> well, yeah. There goes the 1A, 1B theory. Well, <laughs> throw that one out the window. <laughs> yeah, let's throw that out the window. I'm not going to get into that again. I took a lot of hell for that no, comment. No, you did take a lot of hell for that comment. I stand beside something, even if I sacrifice everything. <laughs> oh, shut up. Oh. Sorry, I had to. That was perfect. Oh, God. I didn't want to get into that at all on the podcast, so let's skirt by that. Uh, let's go back. I have a question. Damn it. <laughs> I was going back to the beginning. I was going to go back in. I was going to save you and throw a little fun fact in nope. there, but go ahead and ask I'm your question. I'm not letting anybody touch that again. <laughs> I asked Angela last episode the same question. So, you've been shooting, and you've been practicing a lot. Yeah. Are you going to do anything to practice for when the moment of truth comes? Like getting your heart rate up, or because you're going to be shaking, your heart's going to be pounding. You're, you're not going to be ready for it. I'll tell you what, I'm... Or do I you have, just have ice running through your veins? Oh, I've got so much ice running through my <laughs> veins. Um, one of the things that has really helped me, I think it's going to help me, is I've never really shot from an elevated surface. So at my mentor's house, he has a about 13, his brother says is what, 14 or 15? He's like insane. Or is he, is 18 like, foot up in 18 the foot up in something like that. Joe, I can damn near jump up and touch the platform. <laughs> it's probably legitimately, thir- I'm going to say 13 to 14 feet in the air. Which Max. Is, which is roughly at- my, my ladder stands about 15. Your ladder stands about 15 yeah. feet. It's comparable. So it's, it's comparable to it. And, you know, the first time I got up there... I mean, my bow was doing the figure eight dancing. Like I was like, I was really nervous getting up there. But after weeks of shooting up there, um, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna get the jitters, gonna get the crazy leg. But I'm hoping eventually, um, with being an athlete, uh, playing multiple sports, that muscle memory is just gonna take over and yeah. you know get the job done. You never know, man. You might not get the crazy legs. You might not get the jitters. I mean, some people don't. Some people uh, really do. Hey, I'm just saying. You'll get excited. You'll get excited, but because you, you love might it not start shaking like crazy until after the shot or something. I mean, that I've seen that happen to people. Like they're just yeah, they're freaking solid, and then they make that shot and they just fall apart. Mm-hmm. So, I'm that guy. Are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I can tell you if that does happen, 
Hopefully it does happen. There's going to be a lot of text messages sent. Hey, I want one of those. Oh, you're going to get it. I want to be there when you recover your deer. Because there's going to be about 18 of us tracking this deer. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank my homies. <laughs> I like it. Well, I think that is, uh, you got a large step up on me when I first started hunting because I did not start shooting out of a raised platform until I built that stand in the tree like three or four years ago and I've used it limited. And it is really nice to get comfortable shooting from a raised platform because that's one thing you're not used to. Right. But I think you that's know? the, you know, that's one of the biggest things is um, I go back to the fact that I've, throughout life, I've been in a couple big moments and, um, as we all have, and I've, I've had that intensity feeling. So I don't think that's going to bother me as much as making sure that I take a good shot on the deer. Boom, there you go. Yeah. That's what I was going to jump back into. We mentioned earlier about how you've been watching a lot of videos. You've been telling me about a lot of videos you've been watching on shooting form and different things that you've been trying to learn. Um, why don't you get into how the videos have helped you on either, you, you know, maybe touch on some of the tactics that you may have gained for it or just uh you know shooting form related things that you've learned or ethical shots you know the anatomy of a deer what you've learned there that you know i want to get into that too because it's very important shot placement is key ethical shots taking a good clean ethical shot in archery season is the key to harvesting deer in my opinion well i can tell you right now with me not having a lot of experience my shots are going to be i'm gonna get the deer as far broadside as i possibly can so I'm not going to fire it. I'm not doing anything crazy um, until I figure out exactly what the anatomy of the deer is. Um, but I have watched a lot of videos on the anatomy. Um, what's where, you know, the, the right place to shoot, what you need to aim for. Um, and then the other one I've watched a lot um, is like anchor points, making sure that all your anchor points are the same every single time. And that has helped me immensely. Um, yeah. You know, because now every time I draw my bow back, I make sure, you know, the kisser's here. The, um, you know, my nose is on the string. Um, mm -hmm. My hand placement's the same every single time. So I think those are the two big areas that I'm most concerned with that have helped me, you know, throughout the last couple of weeks. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Like, keeping a consistent anchor point is, it, it's huge. You know, keeping your shot the same every single time. And I think Charles was talking about last week. And not everybody does, but have I? I mean, I don't. But having a mantra of just just think about it, like just draw and then just set your anchor point and just keep everything consistent. Get your nose on that string. Look through your peep. Line it up. Like it's just it, it's really crucial. And like you said, you're watching videos on the anatomy of deer and stuff. That that's huge. Yeah, taking the right shot. And I'm <clears throat> I don't want to say I'm proud of you, but I'm proud of you for only wanting to take a broadside shot. Like, some people might tell you, like, oh, quartering away is fine, quartering two is fine. Quartering away is fine. But shooting your first year, just, just wait for that broadside shot. Wait for a nice, easy shot. There's nothing in the way. Just make sure everything's perfect for you, and then take it. Make sure you're comfortable taking the shot. And you won't, I mean, you might get upset with yourself for, you know, maybe you don't get the perfect broadside shot, and a deer walks past, and you miss out on an opportunity. But I'll tell you right now that I feel better about myself after in my, you know, career, if you want to call it, of bow hunting, you know, uh, my experience of wounding a deer and not finding it, that I feel better about myself when I pass up an opportunity than I would if I knew that I would take a bad shot and wound a deer. All right. I think uh, actually well, another one of the big videos, now we're talking about that, that kind of um, 
helped me a lot was, you know, I was shooting from that race platform early on and a lot of my shots were missing high. And I'm trying to figure out, like, why am I missing high? Then I started aiming low and I started missing low and trying to figure out, like, do, am I using the right pin? Am I using this? And every time I shot, I'm using the right pin. You know, everything, I'm shooting everything the same. My anchor points are all the same. And then I watched a video on, um, you know, when you get up in the tree stand, you have to have that little tilt um, to make sure everything's in line. So I wasn't in line and uh, talked to Charles about it. And who is my mentor, by the way? Now that we're here. <laughs> but I talked to Charles about it. And, you know, he, he was like, yeah, you know, when you get up there and it all kind of started clicking, you know, ever since I started shooting from that raised platform, you know, that video of just seeing the, the guy um, up there and what he was doing really, really helped. Yeah, because you tried to kind of do it, and then you weren't really sure because it still wasn't working for you. And I just gave you a, a little hint because that's one of the things I overlooked. You know, you don't think about that when you're up in a raised platform and you're shooting. Yeah. It just comes natural to me now. But, you know, bending at the hip, you know, and, and basically keeping that, that triangular anchor, anchor, anchor point, you know, intact where when you're shooting from the ground, you know, you have that anchor point because you're shooting straight at. But when you start to tilt, kind of want to bend at the hip. Yeah, you know, and I just gave you a very easy tip on how to do that where you're more comfortable shooting. Yep. you know, end up working out for you. Start shooting a lot better at yeah, that point. It definitely has helped. Um, it's definitely, definitely made a huge difference from a race platform. Yeah. Well, we're getting uh, we're getting a little bit close to time, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to ask us any questions if you had any. Anything could be a stupid question. Something that you think is stupid. It does, you don't have to. You don't even have to ask a question. I'm just curious. How about I make a I'll make a comment for you instead of instead of asking a question. Do I do want I do want to throw this one out there. Um, this is a pretty cool fact that I am a first generation bow hunter. So I went through twenty seven years. You know, my old man didn't hunt. Mom didn't hunt. Two brothers, older brother, younger brother. Neither one of them hunt. So um, my cousin does hunt. So me and him together have worked as like first generation. I've had conversations with him about you know, passing on the tradition. I personally feel that that is what being an outdoorsman is, being a hunter, being a fisher, uh, whatever you do, whatever your passion is, is spreading that to, you know, the people you love, the people around you. And that is the most important thing about being the outdoorsman. Like you guys have said, um, like Austin, you know, obviously you'll get a text message to take me out to shoot a doe. Um, Charles, I know that he'll be the first person I text when I shoot a doe. He'll be second. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but <laughs> if, you shoot a doe. If I shoot a doe, so DGs, my bad. Let's, let's not curse the DGs I don't on this curse podcast. The DGs. But, you know, those are, you know, you guys sharing uh, knowledge and wealth with me and all the other first bow hunters that are around. You know, that's it's a big deal. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that I think I will, you know, I'll really enjoy this sport and I'll be able to spread it on to, you know, whoever I can get involved in this sport. It's, it's very important um, to me that people enjoy it as much as i do that's what i like to hear man that was money Honestly, that you was kept money. avoiding the kid thing because i'm mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we know how that works <laughs> but no i agree 100 percent, man you blew me away with that comment to yeah. be honest because that was that was money i was right on the point yeah i couldn't agree more on that man that was <laughs> crushed it you did you did that was good man I, I know it came from a good place and like you said that's why i'm pumped to get you uh in involved this year and really get you into it more seriously because i know you're going to take to it and, and really respect it and treat this sport with the passion and the respect that it 
really deserves. Yeah, and that's why we go back to the ethical shot about you know me wanting to get a deer as broadside as I can because you know as much as we like to eat the animal, as much as we enjoy the hunt, it's not. None of us want to wound an animal. That's one of the you know, and I've talked to a lot of people about it's one of the worst feelings in the world. So you know that is why I'm going to wait for the right opportunity to hopefully harvest my first whitetail. That's right. We'll get more into that. We still got time before the season comes out. Oh, you know? yeah. Hey, maybe even we'll, we'll find some time and go down to 2B and try to climb a tree stand together or something and hunt before the season. That'd be a good experience. That would be fun, man. You yeah. Know? We could always try to do that, too. Try to get your first deer on your belt in an area where there's a ton of deer, for one. There's a bunch of public down there, too, man. Mm-hmm. We could go down and just find a spot and just go. Well, the nice thing about that is if you, we share an experience in a tree together... You know, because you're going to be doing a lot of tr- hunting yourself in your own property. Right. If we share an experience in a tree together, that's that could be money to you know to the advice that we can give you during a live session of hunting. You know, when the deer's coming in, all right, the deer's coming in, relax. You know, okay, it's time to draw. Go ahead and draw now. That kind of thing. You yeah. know, I am so, a person that learns by doing. I'm not so much like right. you can tell me everything, but you know, very in a teacher term, kinesthetic learner. So I learn by doing things. So I think that would be the best probably option for me word of the day you lost me at that <laughs> word it starts with a k kinesthetic okay cool <laughs> okay let's, cool let's uh <laughs> let's wrap it up there <laughs> uh, uh thanks a lot man i really appreciate you coming on to the podcast like you said this is our second episode of our new hunters mini series that we're doing you know and like you said it's it's important to get new hunters in the woods you know new people buying hunting license and doing all the other things that we do but um we've been uh, also talking about the hat giveaway over the last two episodes we extended the wait tell distraction podcast hat what you had to do is you had to like our page you had to share one of our posts from episode eight or nine and you had to like that post as well so as we were sitting here because i failed to do my job austin went ahead and randomly drew a winner and it's a good friend of mine that i play softball with Mr. John Michael Vitoski, MJ as we call him. Let's go. MJ is a bow hunter. He lives over in Butler. He's a big time bow hunter. He's been putting down some bucks as well. I never thought about asking him to come on the podcast. I think he'd have a good time to come on. Burks knows MJ uh, because we play softball together, all of us on the same team. Well, maybe we won't mail him his hat. Maybe he has to come get his hat in the studio and and record a podcast at the same time. I think that'd be cool, but... MJ, I'll get a hold of you, buddy. I know where to get a hold of you. Um, and we'll get you a new hat, man. Just let me know what color you want. But other than that, let's let's again thank Burks for coming in. You're the appreciate man. Appreciate you. Guys, I appreciate you having me. You know, it was a lot of fun. It was nice talking about all, you know, everything we covered and um, I look forward to listening to more podcasts. I'm stoked for your first season, man. Me too. I am. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. Pumped. I I'm can't ready. wait. I'm like excited for you. Like, ah, I don't know. Uh, I remember my first season, and it was like, I know exactly what you're going through. Let's just hope we can get it done and, you know, get that first one under the belt. And then from there, you know, we can I can take this to the next level and, you know, get more into um, all the little intricacies that, you know, need to you need to go through to, you know, hopefully maybe get, you know, a, a buck. That'd, yeah. that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you whatever know. Might get you on one first day. Could happen. Maybe. Could happen. Maybe. You know, I know. also want to give a shout out real quick. Go ahead, my man. I was reading through some comments on our Facebook and I noticed that Andy Jardina 
was planning on getting back into bow hunting next year. So that's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. He likes the podcast, and he's getting excited about it, and he was thinking about getting a new bow and getting back into it, and that excites me. So, dude. <laughs> yeah. I apologize because I, I, I've seen all his comments, too. And when last episode, I real quick shout out Jimmy Strickler, and I afterwards I was thinking, oh, man, Andy, too. So I'm glad you brought him up because he has been uh, killing it. He's Every time I post something, he's one of the first people to like it and share it. So good dude, and I hope he gets back into hunting. I you do, know, too. If we have any part in that, I'll help you any any little way I can, man. So, Absolutely. Rock Me on. Too. That'd be awesome. Rock on. All right. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, why don't you, uh, before we sign off, tell them where they can find us. <laughs> you know, we do have a That's podcast. probably a good thing We want thing people to, to know where to find us. <laughs> I didn't realize I did that good of a job. <laughs> you distracted me. My bad. <laughs> All right. Well, if anybody wants to uh, send us an email, they can send us an email at the Whitetail Distraction Podcast at gmail.com. Not you, Joey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our first email. Yay. Our first email. Yay. They can also find us on Instagram at the White Tail Distraction Podcast. They can find us on Facebook at the White Tail Distraction Podcast. We are available on Podbean. We are also available on iTunes. So if you want to head on over there and give us a five-star review, we'd really appreciate it. We are also now available on YouTube. I think we mentioned that earlier, mm-hmm. but that is at the White Tail Distraction Podcast. I will leave a link in all of our posts. There we go. Sounds good. Thanks again, man. Have fun, guys. Appreciate it, guys. Follow Cody Kelly, Chris Ashley, and Keith Burgess as they show what hunting is like in small towns across America. Tune in to Small Town Hunting, Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.